2: number one sports talk show is on and now starting an hour earlier welcome inside the radio octagon this is the sports cage on 620 ckrm filling in for michael ball here's sean klysinger
3: i am here blaine wyland this year filling in for michael ball as michael ball and the saskatchewan Roughriders riders are getting set to hop on the charter to head on over to the nation's capital for the first time in I can't do the math right now. First time in a long time. I can't remember the last time they played in Ottawa. Was it 2019 maybe? It's been a while. And I know Ballsey's excited to call his first game alongside Luke Bolander at TD Play Stadium. Taking on a Red Blacks team that is a very frustrated Red Blacks team because, well, if you miss the news, apparently a big brawl Broke out at practice today in Ottawa. After practice, there, were, there was like a stockpile of bodies. Punches were thrown. I was just reading the article from the the Ottawa Sun. It's not fake news. I'm reading it right now. So the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, yes, they're a bit frustrated, but not to that extent. Of course, I, they wanted to win the game against Edmonton a few days ago at Mosaic Stadium against Elks. Didn't happen. But another opportunity is coming up here in just a few short days. It's Friday night football. And note the start time for the game, of course. It's a East Coast game. So the game will be at 5 p.m. Saskatchewan time. So that means our pregame show will be on the air at 2 p.m. with Countdown to kick off with Daniela Ponticelli. And then uh, Michael Ball, Luke Mullender will have the Rider Nation pregame show at 4 o'clock and then kick off at 5. Let's see if the Riders can get their first win on the road outside of Alberta this 2023 season. It's going to be an exciting one to see. So all of our guests on today's show, we have a lot of them going to dive into that in a few minutes, appear on the Western Pizza hotline. So Western Pizza, make sure to give them a call. Take a slice out of your September schedule and let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. It's about that season. It's football season. You don't want to go home from work, especially on Friday night, especially on Friday night. When you're on your way home to watch the riders, listen to the riders, you know, you don't want to go in the kitchen Just call up Western Pizza, baby. They'll bring you a pizza pie for the game. So uh, keep that in mind for Friday. So mention the guests. On the other side of the break here, in about five minutes' time, we are going to chat with the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner, because the Blue Jays, don't look now, but they are hot. They are sizzling hot. Seven to one win over the New York Yankees yesterday. And we're going to talk a little bit about Yusei Kikuchi. He... Pitched five innings and he only had eleven hours sleep. He said after the game, I could have went longer if I got thirteen to fourteen hours. Apparently, that's what he sleeps every single day. He goes to bed at like eleven p.m. Then he wakes up at one p.m. every single game. I wonder what he does when the Jays play a matinee game. Does he just lay in bed? I don't. Know. We'll ask Ben Wagner about that coming up on the other side. The Blue Jays looking for another win over the New York Yankees tonight and. As it sits right now, the Toronto Blue Jays are in a playoff spot ahead of a couple American League West teams. And that's going to be a battle right to the end in the American League West because there's three teams in the running. For not only a wild card spot, but for the division crown. So also this hour, Paul Waldo and Waldo's Warriors. And hour two, Braden Wagg, linebacker for the Regina Rams, who is also the University of Regina's Athlete of the Week. I saw that news on the old Instagram today. So we'll talk with Braden Wagg about that. And as well, our first discussion on these airwaves with... Thunder quarterback Carter Moberg, that's coming up in hour two, and uh the Regina Pats as well gearing up for the twenty twenty three season. That uh starts up here on Friday. It's a busy weekend here on six twenty CKRM. We got Riders, we got Pats, we got Rams, we got all of the above. The Riders Or sorry, the Pats also Friday night, but the Pats game will be on 620CKRM.com on RM2 because, yes, the Rider game will be happening. So the Pats are in Brandon on Friday to take on the Weekings at West Toba Place. And the pregame show for that one will be at 5:35 p.m. on RM2 and Puck Trump at six o'clock because yes, Manitoba an hour ahead. So note the start time for that one if you want to listen to the Pats game. But we will talk with Regina Pats head coach Brad Hairoff in hour three, as well as a lot more coming up here on today's show. But Yes, the riders, are getting set to hop on the plane, head on over to the nation's capital. And before they do so, Blaine wyland he was at practice today and the media caught up with head coach Craig Dickinson. Haven't
4: decided yet, but... Um Questionable, I would say. Questionable. How about uh, is Philip Blake six man again, or do you mean Philip's gonna again?
5: I'll let our offensive line coach and our, our offensive coordinator decide. But Philip's going to be on the trip, and he's going
4: to be one of those six. Pete Robertson, did he practice today? He, he did. Limited. He's limited as well. Who would uh, Who would you guys be bringing up off the PR onto the D line this week with all the? Interviews? Well,
5: you know, we like we like Cody Roscoe. We like uh, Christian Albright. Both of those guys practiced, and we'll have to decide
4: what way we go. But both those guys are. What have you just uh, seen from that Ottawa rushing defense? Unfortunately for you guys, the running game hasn't been there recently. Yeah,
5: they're big and they're strong, and the front four is really physical. So uh, we know that, and we've, uh, we've challenged our guys this week to really run their feet on contact, but that Ottawa defensive front's very good.
4: What has maybe been the the reason for the rushing attack here not being as potent as you guys would like just not the push of the holes there what would it be kind of I seeing? don't know I mean we seem to be pretty efficient we just get those one or two negative
5: points. so that's been you know that's been our focus all week is, is to be productive and if you do have a negative run play make it a two or a 3 yard gain but not a minus two so that's that's been our push and, you know we got to get the lead too if we can get the lead and, and start and start running the ball I think our running game
6: from this Ottawa matchup? A big
5: fight. I mean, they're, they're a desperate team and they've got everything to gain, nothing to lose in this game. So we expect their best effort. We expect them to empty the clip, so to speak, and give us everything they've got. So we need to be on our game and play. In my opinion, we need to play our best game of the year. Well, what does
2: make it some tough footballing going on the road? Because the road record's been a tough one this year
5: for you guys. Yeah, just a change of scenery. Uh, you know, the crowd noise sometimes causes a little problems. Uh, but, you know, it's a big challenge for us to play our best game this week, home or away, the fact that it's away, I'm, I'm happy because we need to get better in our road performance, so hopefully hopefully it starts this
7: week. Are the adjusted uh, the eastern time change as opposed to the western time change?
5: I think so, a little bit. I, it seems to get our guys a little bit, so we're going to go a day early, and hopefully uh, that helps. Thanks, okay. thanks,
8: thanks coach. Thanks.
3: And that's head coach Craig Dickinson after practice today, and he began the discussion there. He was asked about the status of Jamal Morrow, and uh, Craig Dickinson said, "Yeah, he's probably questionable. So keep that in mind." And Craig uh, Craig Dickinson, he's expecting a fight. He said in Ottawa. Well, like like I mentioned, they kick off the show the Ottawa Redblacks. They are already fighting amongst themselves. A big. Brawl broke out in practice today. So we'll talk a bit more about that later on in the program. But coming up next, we're going to hit the break and chat with the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays because the Jays, they're hot right now. They're sizzling and we got to talk about it. You are listening to the sports
2: cage here on this Wednesday on 620 CKRM. We're talking baseball with the latest on the Jays and the MLB. It's around the horn with Ben Wagner on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Blue Jays
3: and New York Yankees once again tonight, and Kevin Gosman gets the start on the hill for Toronto. He has a 11 9 record this year. He's been. Pitching pretty good, two hundred twenty-two Ks, two hundred twenty-two strikeouts thus far here in twenty twenty-three. So the Jays looking to beat up on the Yankees once again. Seven to one win last night. Yusei Kikuchi, he went five innings. He probably could have went more if he got a couple more hours of sleep. I know because I I saw that uh, he only got I think eleven hours and he needs thirteen or fourteen hours. Ben Wagner because uh, you know he needs that extra. I don't know, gas in the tank, if you will. I thought that was pretty funny when I saw that today.
9: Uh, it was a rather stunning statement coming from <laughs> last night's post-game scrum, wasn't it? Yeah. I uh, I mean, I do a cartwheel if I get like four or five hours consecutive, mm. uh, let alone, you know, my hitting double digits. Yeah. That's, uh, it's... it's that was something. There's always something, you know, there's always something that surprises you every
10: day you go to the ballpark.
3: Yeah, so I think uh, I think he goes to bed at, what, 11 p.m., and then he wakes up at 1 p.m., so uh, I think that's uh, Yusei Kikuchi's, uh schedule. So, it was a nice win last night, and it's like a roller coaster these past couple weeks, being a Blue Jays supporter here. I mean, they're out of the playoffs, they're in the playoffs, they're out of the playoffs, they're back in, and <laughs> before maybe we get into the Blue Jays, well, this Next discussion involves the Jays, but uh, the American League West right now, that's going to be some type of battle going down the stretch here because you have the Houston Astros, you got the Texas Rangers, and you have the Seattle Mariners all jockeying for that uh, top spot in the American League West. And not only to win the division, but that's a big spot in the postseason because the winner of that division more than likely is looking like we'll get – the. "Quote unquote first round by will not have to play in the American League Wild Card Series, so uh, it's a big battle in the American League West right now for all those reasons.
9: Yeah, absolutely, and then some, right? Because you're jockeying for the first round by, you have to line up against maybe a team that you don't hold the tiebreaker over. It, it it is a wild west. It's it's kind of the scenario that in the last now month and a half that has been developed with the Rangers sliding and playing so inconsistently." The magnitude of the Mariners' month of August, where they won 21 ball games, they've never won that many ball games. Remember, that's a team that has a major league record for wins in a season. Uh, they had never won 21 ball games in the month of August until this year, and all of a sudden, you know, the Houston Astros lineup seems to be heating up too. So, it is, oh man, it's it's tough to figure out right now. It's a white knuckle ride, but at least at this point, the Blue Jays find themselves right where they want to be. Playing better baseball down the stretch, they're handling their own business. You don't want to have somebody else do the heavy lifting for you from a Blue Jay perspective, um, and try to back your way into the playoffs. Certainly, and so more wins for the Blue Jays. The better case the scenario is, and if, and if somebody gets squeezed out of the West, oh well, that that's only going to benefit Toronto.
3: Yeah, and I believe Texas plays Seattle. I think seven more times here down the stretch within the last Including- couple of weeks.
9: Yeah, including the final four games of the regular season, the Rangers will be in Seattle. So uh that coupled with the fact the Astros – haven't been playing as dominant as what they have at Minute Maid Park right now, it, it's going to be a frantic final two weeks of the regular season.
3: Yeah, so there's some potential there for one of those American League West teams, either like Texas, Seattle, maybe even Houston, but since Texas and Seattle are going head-to-head, one of those teams could like drop out of the playoff picture and then one kind of be cemented in there, or it can kind of stay status quo the way it is right now, and then the Blue Jays kind of hang around there. I don't know, I'm, I'm going wild thinking of all the scenarios, Ben Wagner, all I know is it's a big game once again here tonight. The New York Yankees, they have not been the New York Yankees that everybody in North America is accustomed to seeing over the past, I don't know, well, ever. They've always been good, it seems like. 76-75 and 75 is their record. The Jays going for another win tonight with uh, Kevin Gosman.
9: You know, in New York, they've had an infusion of youth, inconsistent play both from their young players and from their veteran players. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton looked completely lost at the plate last night, you know, facing the spin of Yusei Kikuchi and anybody that tried to attack him last night. So it's it's certainly not a Yankee record that you'd expect, and the Yankees certainly aren't a team that you would expect to be in this position in September. One, with the money that's invested in their lineup, um, the pitching staff has been banged up outside Garrett Cole all season long and, and tremendously inconsistent, but this is this is Kevin Gosman's time to shine. It's not the New York Yankee lineup. It's not a lineup you know that that he's had trouble with this season, but he has had some difficulty with some upper level lineups. And hopefully, Gosman gets back on track. The power of fastball comes back. He uses his slider. Plus, you know he's going to rely on the splitter as well. So uh, this this is really really a big game in my mind because tomorrow. Garrett Cole, Jose Brios is a pitching matchup, and Garrett Cole is gunning after a Cy Young award right now. Mm-hmm. So, And it still has proven to be one of the more difficult arms for the Blue Jays to beat, let alone anybody in the big leagues. So this is a big one for Kevin Gosman and company.
3: There's a a lot of Blue Jays fans here in Saskatchewan that are just very frustrated. I, I, I guess I should just say in Saskatchewan, just in general, because the Jays, you know, Really struggled versus, uh, versus Texas, and then they come out, you know, they beat up on the Red Sox. Now they're doing the same to the Yankees. Can this Blue Jays team, you know, defeat the uh, the teams above them in the standings is the question that a lot of Jays fans are asking right now because it seems like it's been off and on for quite some time.
9: Yeah, the Blue Jays have been streaky all season long, you know, and they're, they're short streaks of difficult times. They're They're not long-sustained winning streaks. That the Blue Jays have had all year long uh, and, and it's a little deceiving it's fool's gold right when you look <laughs> at where the Blue Jays were sweep the Kansas City Royals get blitzed by the Texas Rangers and then you outscore Boston 10 to 5 in that three-game series and eh, they're, they're beating the teams that they should be beating and the New York Yankees are now part of that equation the Blue Jays have not seen the New York Yankees since the month of May the Blue Jays knew and watched the out-of-town scoreboard stellar dwellers for the majority of the year for New York. So you point at this series, you point at the one at Rogers Center, and then you try to battle Tampa Bay, which Blue Jays have done okay against Tampa Bay. But I, I feel that fan frustration, too, because you see the inconsistency, and overwhelmingly the good teams are better, and the good teams have good pitching staffs. And Texas came in here pitch really really well and boy did their offense ever really open it up outscoring the blue jays 35 to 9 over four days that is the mark of a really good team and unless this offense from top to bottom finds more depth and it's a little bit longer right now you know you have cabin in there he's holding his own left-handed bat that's really good that adds another dimension without brandon belt being in there for this lineup uh, but it's going to come down to: Will George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero, can Matt Chabon find some consistency? Can this lineup, outside just Beau Bichette, right now, uh, find some find something to really turn this round and score some runs? Because without runs, there won't be wins.
3: Yeah. Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. Here, last one for you, Ben. I know this is not talked about in the clubhouse because it's kind of goofy talk, but for a fan like myself sitting at home eating potato chips, watching baseball, you know, all season long, uh, are the Blue Jays better off finishing in the second wild card spot, either taking on Tampa or Baltimore? Or, you know, if you're a fan, do you want to see them play Minnesota in the wild card series?
9: Yeah, it's sneaky, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I-, I love playing this game and. Certainly, you won't get a direct answer from anybody in the clubhouse. Yeah, but it is a fun game to play. If you think, all right, if you could plot this out, where would the Blue Jays land? I still think, um, I still think the Rays can catch the Baltimore Orioles down the stretch. I really do, and that certainly adds another wrinkle into this and who the Blue Jays could play or who they couldn't play. Um, you know, looking at it and just knowing how. Toronto has played and performed in Minneapolis I like the way the offense could play in Minneapolis I really do I think that's one the Blue Jays always always have thought the Rays were a thorn in the side and to this point again you know I think they're three and three and four in the first seven games against them and they've got the six remaining uh, in the last 10 days of the regular season between the Rays and, and the Blue Jays but again it's been a battle it's really been a battle uh, for Toronto and Tampa Bay, but they always seem to have answers in Tampa Bay to get over the hump, especially in in a short series. The Blue Jays know first and foremost about that because they played them in in that shortened American League Wild Card in 2020. Um, I, I don't, I don't certainly have an answer from the room. My gut tells me the best case scenario for the Blue Jays to advance would be through Minneapolis. Uh, could they be Houston? Certainly. They've always played the Astros really, really well uh, the last couple of years. So it's going to be exciting. I don't think there are any easy routes to get in there. But first and foremost, you just have to win enough ball games to get in and then let the chips fall.
3: Yeah. Thanks for this today, Ben. Looking forward to chat with you next week. You got it, Sean. Be well, man. That's Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays here on the Western Pizza Hotline as the Jays are getting set to take on the New York Yankees, the Bronx Bombers. That game happening at Yankee Stadium tonight in the Bronx, New York. We're going to hit the break, have more cage for you coming up here on the other side of the break as Waldo's Warriors is on the way. You are listening to the Sports
2: Cage here on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. you a Wednesday
3: inside the sports cage, Sean Claysinger here sitting alongside Blaine Wyland across the board for me as uh we are getting set for a big game coming up here. Friday night football. I feel like singing the jingle, but I won't I won't do it, Blaine, don't worry. I want to sing the Friday night jingle. I won't do it. Maybe later on. Maybe tomorrow I'll do it, so stay tuned. And also uh, another big week coming up here in the Canada West schedule. Canada West football well underway three weeks into it. The Regina Rams got their first one of the campaign this past Saturday versus the Calgary Dinos. And Paul Waldo joins us now on the Western Pizza Hotline. Paul, your team went down to defeat for the first time this season against uh, a very... Good-looking Alberta team. I think Alberta is uh, catching a lot of people by surprise.
6: Yeah, they're good. Zinger. I mean, they. Uh, you know, we expect them to be pretty good. I think. You know, just looking at kind of what they were able to do the last couple of years. You know, they always have a, a really good offensive line. They got some backs that can play football. And I think the hard part about them is always just getting lined up to play. And then they came. They they came and and they gave it to us. Uh, you know, they're they're a tough loss game, and all, all all credit to them.
3: Yeah, Alberta's running back uh, Matthew Peterson. He was uh, named U Sports Offensive Player of the Week wow. after uh, I think he had 295 yep. yards altogether, rushing and and receiving. So uh, next up here for your Huskies this week is in Calgary, I believe. Correct?
6: Yep, you betcha. And, and they're, I mean, you no, know they haven't won a game yet, but they're getting better. They're getting better every week. I mean, you would know as of last week. I guess you were mm-hmm. as you called it game. And so it's it's one of those things where. The gap is not overly huge between any team in that that league and anybody can win. So it's good. It's good for football. It's exciting. But we'll uh, we'll have our hands full for sure. We'll we'll be ready to go.
3: Hey, uh, big game, as I was mentioning, coming up here on Friday. This is Waldo's Warriors, Paul. So when you're looking at this game coming up here, Friday Night Football, what first comes to mind when you see this matchup on paper, the Rough Riders versus the Ottawa Red Blacks?
6: You know what? I, I always, I'm a, I'm a defensive back at heart. So, you know, I think, you know, the rule of thumb for me has always been, you know, it starts up, it starts up front in the trenches, right? But, but the game is ultimately won or lost in the back end, right? So just being able to eliminate big plays and, you know, we've been really inconsistent that way, I think overall throughout the entire season with, with, um, with our guys in the secondary there. So they got to be able to come, come in on Friday night and eliminate the big plays and then offensively, you know, we have been talking about it all week, whether it's, you know, listening to to the media and, and even to coach Coach Vicky, they've gotta be able to run the football. Gotta be able to manage the 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 ground game and, and keep Crum off the field and, and I think we should be in good shape.
3: Hey, speaking of Mr. Crum, the Riders are once again going up against a very mobile quarterback this week. Last week was Mm -hmm. Trey Ford, this guy, Dustin Crum. He's also elusive, maybe in a different way. So with that said, when you're looking at the Riders' defense, who is your uh, warrior to lock in on on Friday night?
6: You you know, it's it's interesting because I was kind of flopping back and forth thinking about the last couple of days. But, you know, I think ultimately for me, it's it's going to be number three, Nick Marshall. You know, I think he's really going to have to be able to come to play. You know, he's going to have his hands full with Ackland in the back, in the, at the boundary. And I guess Shaq Evans is his former teammate. But, you know, those guys, they're good players, they're good receivers. So I think Nick Marshall is going to be a guy that's going to really have to catapult the team. And not so much in terms of making big plays like we know he's known for, but not giving up the big ones like we know he, he has done too from time to time. So it's got to be able to shut things down in the boundary and it's got to be a quiet day in the air. Or, uh, for the
3: opposing team. Yeah, and on offense for the Riders, uh, the injury report just released at the top of the hour. Looks like Jamal Morrow will be out this yep. week. So uh, you already said, you know, the Riders, they need to be able to run the football. So when you're looking yep. at the offensive side, the ball here, maybe a hoggy, yep. maybe an offensive lineman, maybe a running back. Who do you, who do you got you circled?
6: Know, you know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting because I'm another big fan of Frankie Hickson. And I, I think... You know, you know, I was really surprised, um, you know, not seeing him uh, consistently active on the roster, you know, from the beginning of the year, because I just thought he played so well towards the end of last year. But as I know, you know, it's a racial game and, you know, you can only have so many imports or so many Americans. So I'm super stoked that he gets the chance to, to be the, the feature back, because I think he's I think he's dangerous. I think the kid can really play. I think he's. Strong, he's explosive and, and I think he's really gonna have to get things going on the ground in order to give us a, a good opportunity to win the football game.
3: Yeah, the former Liberty Flame played alongside uh old Riders head coach and star quarterback, of course, Ken Austin at Liberty University. Oh, so yeah, uh, Liberty. Yeah, Frankie Hickson. And, so and when it comes to special teams, the the Riders special teams has been awfully quiet, you know. It, yep. it started off like really hot. You know, Mario Alford doing his thing. And now it's kind of, you know, it's kind of simmered the past month or two. So uh, what needs to change here?
6: You know, I think it's a little bit of everything. It's kind of one of those things where... Uh, it just goes back to fundamentals, guys, guys being able to block. So mayor know, Alfred is, is for sure going to be going to be my my warrior on on special teams, and once again, his ability to be a difference maker. We've seen he's done it multiple times in games, but it, it's not just him. It, you know, it's the guys that are blocking for him, and so I just think the consistency of being able to hold on your blocks for a little bit longer, and not take any penalties on special teams, and allow you know just just giving him a crease or two to to get upfield because I think do you know, field position, you know. It compounds whether you know you, you can get something for twenty here, twenty five there, thirty there. Um, it, makes, it makes a bit of difference, and it all it all adds up, you know, when the when the game is on the line. So you know, it's it's Merrill for, but it's that, it's, that, it's the entire return team that's blocking for him is mean, going to be my my uh, my shot to those guys.
3: Hey, this is Paul Waldo, Waldo's Warriors. I have one more for you, Paul. Uh, yep. So the Toronto Argonauts, they clinched the East Division. They are 11-1 yep. and one right now. And so they got, what, six games left on the schedule. So yep. you've played a lot of football in the Canadian Football League, of course. Just kind of put yourself in the locker room. As a Toronto Argonaut player right now, mm-hmm. what's kind of going through your head, knowing that okay, these next six games—I mean, what do we do? I mean, there's nothing really to play for as far as the standings what? go. So, uh, as a player, what's the mentality like? I mean, I just can't—I just can't imagine you know going to practice every day, thinking, okay, yeah. but uh, this game coming up here on the weekend is not really for anything. Oh.
6: I'll tell you, I I, I I experienced that actually three years in a row going to three straight Great Cups. You know, when I was out when we were in Montreal, I mean, we won the division. I think one week we won it in four in week fourteen. The other one was week twelve, and I think we we won early. I think it was like week fifteen. So literally, you got five, six, seven games, and and you know, they say there's not lots to play for, but I felt like it allowed us to play a little bit more freer. Um, it allowed guys to not, I guess, be um overly caught up and really having to fight every week, which sometimes can be a trap, you know, but what it also allowed us to do is it allowed guys to get valuable reps that maybe wouldn't have been getting reps and, and therefore just built a stronger stronger nucleus for our team and, and it made us better. You know, it made us better. So I think as a from a motivational standpoint, um, I mean, you know, it's your job. Your job's always on the line and, and you're, you're you're playing to get paid. But uh, but it is, a challenge. it is it is a challenge. It is a challenge. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do with personnel and how many games Chad Kelly plays in at full time and, and what they're going to do with all that stuff in terms of, you know, injuries and, and not wanting to hurt anybody. So it'll be interesting.
3: Looking back at history on, on those Montreal teams that you were a part yeah. of, what did you guys kind of do as far as personnel goes? Did oh, you no, guys sit guys, AC? I, you know, no, I could go back and look, no. but did you just uh, keep storming? We did not.
6: We did not. I mean you know AC played played every game until maybe the last game of the season even then he always dressed he always you know took a few series because that's you know you got to keep you got to keep you got to keep them on points right and there's 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 nothing worse than you know not playing and feeling rusty from that standpoint so you know I remember AC playing literally up until every single game maybe the last game of the season he still took a couple couple of uh couple of series just to make sure he was still in sync and still in in, uh, you know, how to structure this progress. So, yeah, I think I think you play everybody. Um, you know, you, you you make sure that, you know, you can spare guys and you can, you know, you look at the situation like the Riders where you have two two really good running backs, in my opinion, in both um, Frankie and um, Jamal. I mean, you could, you know, you maybe rotate guys a little bit more, but at the end of the day, I think everybody's got to play. you got to stay fresh and you got to stay the course.
3: Thanks for this today, Paul, and good luck to uh, your Huskies against those Calgary Dinos this weekend.
6: Always a pleasure, Singer. We'll chat soon. Thank you.
3: That's Paul Waldo on the Western Pizza Hotline as we hit the break, and we are rolling along here on this Wednesday edition. Coming up next hour, we are going to hear a conversation with Charbel De Beer. We're going to hear from Brain Wag of the University of Regina Rams and Carter Moberg, Regina Thunder quarterback. His first time on these six twenty CKRM airwaves. Fun's just getting rolling here. You are listening to the Sports Cage on six twenty
2: CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. It's 345
3: inside the Sports Cage. Today I'm Sean Kleisinger. Saskatchewan Rough Riders getting set to take on the Ottawa Red Blacks this week. We just heard from Paul Waldo, his Waldo's Warriors. I was just on my phone here, and I was looking at uh, some of the latest news in the Canadian Football League today. I saw that Michael pinball Clemens has signed an extension to remain as the Toronto Argonauts GM speaking of those Argos was just talking about him with Paul Waldo so it was not released on the you know the length of the contract, but we do know that mike pinball clemens he 's an Argo for for life, regardless, but on paper he is staying with the Argos. for the next number of years as it, uh, as it seems. So in the Canadian Football League this week, let's go through the schedule. We got the Riders and Red Blacks kicking off the week. Week 16 on Friday night. It's a double dip on Friday. BC is in Edmonton. And then on Saturday, the fun gets going with Montreal and Calgary, followed by Hamilton and Toronto. So uh, And as well, it's a busy weekend here on 620 CKRM. The Riders play, the Pats play, the Rams play. I mean, what more can you ask for? It's perfect if you're going on a road trip this weekend somewhere. You know, it could be to Moose Jaw. It could be to Minot, North Dakota, wherever wherever your travels take you. Just have it locked in. The voice of Saskatchewan this weekend, 620 CKRM, and listen to the Riders, the Rams, and stream the Pats game as well on Friday night, their season opener. And Blaine, your San Francisco 49ers, they are, of course, looking Mighty fine. That was, uh, that was quite hilarious seeing the Red Sea of fans versus the Rams. Uh, of course, the, the Niners just played in LA versus the Rams, uh, not too long ago here. And like I was saying, I said it before the season started. I'm not the first one to say it. So I'm not going to take credit and act like I'm a genius, but the SoFi Stadium in LA, Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, the home of the Raiders, they are truly just hubs for visiting fans because I don't think there was, Five thousand Rams fans at that game. That was crazy.
7: Yeah, no. San Francisco travels well too, especially those two places that you mentioned. Yeah, um, Las Vegas and uh, L.A. But uh, yeah, it was quite something. I know one of the angles they show of McCaffrey along the sidelines, and they show the crowd. Yeah, it was just nuts. But uh, I made the joke. I made the joke, and a lot of Niner fans made the joke this week that they got two home openers, Monday and Thursday, <laughs> or sorry, Sunday and Thursday. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, See what happens. Yeah, the Niners play tomorrow
3: night. Who they got again? They got the New York football giants. Oh, boy, that's going to be a. Uh... Without Saquon Barkley, who was officially ruled out today. So what is uh what what's the score gonna be tomorrow? Are we talking like thirty one to six or something? Like uh, they gotta yeah. reschedule this one and put it on Sunday and put a better game. <laughs> like that's why nobody likes Thursday night football. Why would you schedule the Giants and Niners? I guess no one really expected the Giants to be this bad at the start of the year, but I mean, come on yeah i think a lot of it with saquon barkley out too that's that's a lot of the you know giants
7: offense so that takes a lot of the m- luster out of that matchup but a lot of history between those two teams that's true yeah so uh it always sells but it comes to thursday nights it's always going to be like this you know we're always going to have these situations with uh guys going down with injuries and then not not may not being able to make that quick turnaround. although i'm not sure barkley would have been able to play on sunday i know Earlier this week they said it's three weeks and the Bulls like, well, he's a quick healer. He might be back sooner. I wouldn't be shocked if he plays that uh, Monday nighter they play against the Seahawks after this week. I wouldn't shock him he's back for that one, but uh, that's a tough one when you take out your best player and also Andrew Thomas is starting left tackles out as well, so I think Nick
3: Bosa's eyes are lighting up uh, for this week's matchup. So through two weeks of the NFL schedule, what are Blaine Wyland's top like two or three things that really has caught you by surprise. Surprise? Uh, putting you on the spot. But like what the, are what are a couple things that you're pleasantly Well, I don't know about
7: pleasantly the fact there's only two two and O teams in the AFC and actually all matchups between or the interconference matchups between the NFC and the AFC have all been won by the NFC. And mm-hmm. I know earlier this season we all thought the AFC was the power conference but so far, in yeah, this, those matchups—it's been all dominated by NFC, and there's only two two and O teams in the NFC: the uh, Ravens and the Dolphins. While there's a bunch in the uh, NFC right now, although that's always going to change when these teams face against each other. But uh, I think that's a little surprising. I thought a lot of people thought, you know, that the AFC is the power conference, and that the NFC is going to come down to probably three teams: Niners, Eagles, and Cowboys. But uh, no, a little surprised by like that, but I, I don't know. Some teams like I think Kansas City are going to rebound. I don't think they're going to be in the especially with no one running away with that division. Um, Joe Burrow though, and Cincinnati, I was going to say Cincinnati, but I don't know Joe Burrow.
3: That whole AFC North right now is just in shambles. I mean, everybody, of course, was predicting the Bengals to be good. The Browns they. You know, a lot of people were picking them to beat the Steelers the other night didn't happen. I mean, Deshaun Watson just looked whoa. Yeah. And what <laughs> were those unis the Browns ran out on the field? I mean, the all whitey's? Yeah, not not ugly by any means, but it really just caught me by surprise when I turned on the TV. I was like, what what's going on here? But and
7: you're talking about a team that has an elf in their uh, center field logo, eh? So Yeah, yeah no,
3: that's true. <laughs> hey, speaking of your 49ers too, though. Uh no, not 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 your 49ers. I always I always scramble this. Travis Kelsey on the on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I saw the news today that he is indeed apparently he's dating Taylor Swift. Confirmed by Ch- by Jason Kelsey. Eh? Yeah, so there
7: there you have it. I mean, so what's the over under on that one? You think? Uh, Do you think that he lasts
3: a season with her? You know, that's a good question, Kelsey Swift. Taylor, Taylor Taylor Kelsey, can you imagine that name? I don't know if that's. It's not gonna last. I wonder if it's gonna affect. You know. You know what's gonna happen, right? He's gonna start struggling somewhere along the the year here, and the media is just gonna ambush him and be like, "Yo, like you gotta dump T Swift, man. Your play has plummeted ever since." Guaranteed. Mark my words, it's gonna happen. He drops the ball after the game. He's gonna be like, "You know, you would have caught that if you didn't have, you know." taylor swift texting you before the game or if he drops a ball watch taylor swift's gonna drop him yeah oh <laughs> i see you i see you hey uh you caught up with juan breskison after practice today for another installment of getting to know your saskatchewan rough riders
7: i'm joined with juan breskison talk about our favorite things or a few of your favorite things juan and first off your favorite number uh, my favorite number is 11
0: and particular reason why uh well, Larry Fitzgerald. We're yep. 11, and yep. he's uh, like a receiver that I idolize. So,
7: yeah. Yep. Oh, that's good. Favorite football memory
0: for yourself? Uh, 2018 Great Cup. Woo! Playing that with the Stampeders. And uh, first one in front of the family. So it was, I'll never forget that. Do you have a favorite coach growing up? And it that's could be any other sport. Ooh, favorite that's coach. Co- I'll probably say my, my pops. Yep. my basketball, my basketball coach growing up. So he's definitely my favorite coach. Favorite team now, it could be football or any other sport as well. Oh, I have a a few. I'm a Blue Jays fan, a Cowboys fan, Raptors fan, Leafs fan, and a Rough Rider fan. (laughs) Favorite sport other than football? Basketball, hands down. Favorite movie?
7: Ooh. Multiple answers are allowed, of course. Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs>
0: Are you not entertained? Favorite actor? Is it
7: Washington. <laughs> Man, he's a popular one in this room. Him and him and Will Smith, it seems like. Favorite
0: actress? Ooh, favorite actress? <laughs> Viola Davis. Okay. Favorite TV show? Oh, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'll probably say Breaking Bad. Okay, yeah, yeah that's up there for me too. I'd say. Uh, favorite cartoon character? Hey, TV show ever is Breaking Bad are you kidding me? That's weak. That's sorry. Uh, Don't listen to man. You said Don't favorite, listen to. Favorite TV character. Favorite cartoon character. Cartoon character. Oh, that's a good one. Got... Family
7: Guy style. Family oh, Guy.
0: Uh, I was Stewie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Favorite superhero. Ooh, that's a tough one too. I know it was spider idea yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Probably. Sp- uh, yeah. Probably. Black Panther. Spider-Man. Favorite food. Um, uh jerk chicken, rice and peas. Oh, good call, good call. Favorite restaurant? <laughs> favorite
11: restaurant? I got my own phone on the Probably the gang.
7: <laughs> What's your favorite thing to throw
0: in a barbecue? Uh, a nice steak. Hunger, yeah. What? Yeah. New York, Strip, water, grass, what was your favorite subject grass, in school? My favorite subject grass, in school is probably English. Yeah.
7: Favorite band or an artist, musician group? Or musician? Music. Oh, no, I have a few.
0: Uh, the I'll, I'll say line. Bob Marley. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was yeah. thinking he's gonna say Kanye. I would, but he's uh, not too popular. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't, don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> You're
7: good, man. How about your uh, favorite song in general? Uh, Redemption song by Bob Marley. Yeah, that's a great one. How About favorite uh, like a song to pump you up. Rough Rider anthem by DMX. Yeah. Favorite CFL city to visit. BC, uh, Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. Favorite city otherwise like it could be in US, Canada or else throughout the world. Miami. <laughs>
0: no question there. Favorite uh, scent in terms of like smell. What's your favorite smell? lavender guy. Lavender. I was thinking more okay, okay. Lavender, vanilla. Okay, how about a favorite hobby? Favorite uh, collect collecting, sports cars. Favorite podcast. The Athlete Show, my podcast yeah.
7: <laughs> I figure that and just Maybe go a little bit more Just explain
0: more about your podcast Yeah, so it's uh, me and, and one no, other it's player it's That's, going to that's to currently playing the Vars hey, Daniels and, uh, In Toronto and Cameron and Williams. Williams We're all teammates in Calgary uh, We just talk about sports We have guests on from all different industries We've had actors, NFL players and, uh, Front office people from the NBA So uh, uh, we talk about CFL a uh, lot as well From a player perspective how long have you been doing How long has the podcast been going through? Uh, we started, uh, I want to say mid to end of April. Love yeah. it. Now, going back to favorites, how about your favorite season? Fall, yeah. fall, fall for
7: sure. Favorite time of day, morning, afternoon, or night? Afternoon. Well, you got a favorite quote you like to draw back to?
0: Uh, no, but there's one that I've been here that I heard lately of there's no try, there's just do. All right. And last one, your favorite thing about being a rough rider? Uh, my teammates being in the locker room and the fans all across Regina. They've been uh, they have been great to me. So it's been fun. All right. Well, thanks so a lot, Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
3: That's Riders receiver Juwan Breskison after practice today before the Riders head off. Ottawa, Ontario, the nation's capital. So that does it for hour one here on the other side of the four o'clock news. We are going to hear from Charbel uh, Charbel De Beer, as well as Regina Rams linebacker Brayton Wagg and the quarterback of the Regina Thunder, Carter Moberg. All that and so much more coming. It's a Wednesday edition of the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM.
2: Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on, and now starting an hour earlier. On the Radio Octagon This is the Sports Cage On 620 CKRM Filling in for Michael Ball Here's Sean Kleisinger
3: Here we go, hour two All of today's guests appear On the Western Pizza Hotline Get back into fall Get back into the routine Take the night off and let Western Pizza Do the cooking tonight Western Pizza Beautiful, tasty pizza pie I'm going to get one tonight can I get one? Yeah, I think I can get one tonight. I'm going to get one tonight. Sean Kleisinger sitting in here for Michael Ball alongside Blaine Wyland, And we have a loaded hour coming up here. We are going to chat with Braden Wagg, who was named the University of Regina Athlete of the Week for this week. He is a linebacker on the Regina Rams, and he is also the short yardage quarterback as he snuck in a couple in for a touchdown versus the Calgary Dinos this past Saturday. So we're going to chat with him in the next segment. And then at the bottom of the hour, Carter Moberg, Regina Thunder quarterback. He's going to be joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. And don't forget to remind me, Blaine, to ask Carter Moberg about that game in Calgary when they had
10: (laughs) no play clock.
2: (laughs) clock. (laughs) I I
3: I I want to hear what it was like. From the horse's mouth, I want to hear what it was like from a quarterback standpoint, because you could argue nobody would be affected by it more than the quarterback. They got to kind of know how much time is left in the play clock. But uh Carter Moberg, he led his Regina Thunder to a big win in Winnipeg over the weekend. So the Thunder back in the win column after. Uh, the loss to to the Saskatoon Hilltops, of course, uh, the weekend prior at Mosaic Stadium. So can't wait to chat with Carter coming up here. I want to get to uh, these two notes in the National Hockey League today. The Boston Bruins, I know there's a lot of Boston Bruin fans around. They're all over the place, you know. I think we have a couple in the building, maybe. But uh, the Boston Bruins, they have a brand new captain as of today, Brad Marchant the team's new captain uh that was revealed today brad marchand is that the guy who likes to lick people's faces yep that is the guy and former montreal Canadiens assistant captain i'm wearing my canadien de Montreal sweater today and former assistant captain paul byron announced his retirement from the national hockey league he was a pretty steady player for the habs you know he's he's not he's not gonna he was he wasn't the type of guy that was gonna you know go the All Star game put up massive numbers, but he was a grinder. I like those type of players. So Paul uh, Paul Byron calling it quits, calling it a career today on this Wednesday, September twentieth. And before we get into this chat with Charbel De Beer, I'm gonna do things a little bit different here today. Sastel picked the score. I have two tickets to the next Rider home game. However, we are going to do text only because I want to see the texts flooding in to the text line. I want to see the texts lighten up so you can text right now 306-936-6262 powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. Make sure to text in your full name, your first name, your last name, your score prediction for Friday's game between the Rough Riders and the Red Blacks. And also, what else do I need? Oh, and your town or city that you live in. So text in those three things, and I'm going to pick a winner. I'm going to pick a winner, and you will go home with two tickets to the next Rider home game, which is, I believe, versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats on October 7th. That's the big day that uh, the Riders will be uh, celebrating the 2013 Great Cup winning team. So that's going to be a historic day at Mosaic Stadium as we are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of that team. 10 years is flying on by. So, once again, 306-936-6262. Text me up on the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line, and I'm going to select a winner. Make sure to leave your first name, your last name, and uh, your score prediction for Riders, Red Blacks, and the city or town that you live in. All right, Blaine Wyland, you caught up recently with Charbel DeBeer. oh um.
2: Right now,
0: I'm just focused on the uh, the win. So, anyway I can get this win, that's all that matters.
4: What's it mean that they'll be given this opportunity to play with Darrell Walker you came in for him and kind of taken full advantage of it?
0: Oh, uh, I mean, it, it means everything because uh, um, i got to take every advantage when I'm out there. And um, I know, like, looking at him, I know that that was me not too long ago. And he poured to into me just, just like he's
3: doing now. So, uh, I just really appreciate the opportunity.
4: What's it like just as, as a professional player to kind of wait for that
3: opportunity? And that is not Charbel Beer, That is not the audio that I put into the system. I knew it right away when he started talking about Darrell Walker. I was like, no, that's not... <laughs> that's Tevin Jones. That's Tevin Jones talking there. I was like... That's not, yeah. Like uh... Threw a curveball at me, Tevin Jones. But no, we're going to get to Charbel De Beer because I really want to uh, listen to that. That was a good discussion. I listened to it earlier on today. Of course, the Riders, they are on their way to Ottawa as we speak right now. A little bit different of a schedule happening for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, usually the Riders would leave the day before a road game, but, you know, throwing a bit of a curveball, leaving two days ahead this time around blaine wyland when you when you think of it do you do you like that approach do you think it matters at all you know this is the way it's going to go if the riders lay an egg everybody's going to be like well they shouldn't have left two days prior because you know they were out partying yeah 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 yada 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 i mean well if the riders come away with a big win they're going to be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's because they, they they got the rest they needed by flying out there. You can't win either way, man. No, but I think you look Well, back. you can win, I guess, well, if you win the game. Yeah, exactly.
7: <laughs> <laughs> but you look back to when they played in Montreal and they only left the day before, and I think the whole was. And I know that week was a little bit different, too, because they had a shorter prop, like. They played on Sunday that week before they went out to Montreal, and that, and that was the last time they played Ottawa. But, uh, no, I think it's going to help them out a lot more, especially the Eastern time zone change a little bit. It's a 5 o'clock kickoff a little bit earlier, you know, as opposed to, like, um, it would have been, like, Saskatchewan Friday night. We usually play at, like, 7.30 a. Eh? So um, I think it's going to help them out, uh, get them more focused in, get them out of the, you know, get them out the... Out of Saskatchewan a little bit, you know. Get out to Ottawa. I don't think there's going to be much time for sightseeing and enjoying the views for the guys. But uh, I think it's all business because this is a big game. You can't look ahead, even though um, it's not playoff implications. But they got to turn the turn the ship around. You know, they got to get some momentum going for that big one next week against BC, and uh, they got to start off this week in Ottawa.
3: And Ottawa, they are a 3-10 and ten football team. 3-10. and ten. So this is a game that the Riders must win. I think the Riders are going to win this football game. I think there's a lot of pressure on both teams, really, going into this game. Uh, Bob Dice's crew in Ottawa, you know, they're kind of on the hot seat right now because that fan base, they, they can only take so much losing, you would think. I mean, so, yeah. Especially after
7: that last week's game against yeah. BC, too. I think uh, the—I uh, don't know if— Bob Dice will be a one-and-done. I think he'll get next year unless, you know, it's a mutiny. That's mm-hmm. the only way I think he'd be out this year. I don't think he's the type of coach that have a mutiny situation, so I would expect him back next year unless, but you never know. But uh, uh, I, they're definitely uh, looking for a victory as well. You want to rebound after a game like that as well. So it's a situation where Saskatchewan, and the big thing is, and we heard uh, Craig talk about this, I believe, Monday when Ballsy had him on uh during the show. Yeah. Um, about show, yeah. the big the big part's been their beginnings. Like they've been flat mm. in those road games. Like they gotta really get off to a good start. So I expect to see that a faster start
3: from these guys on Friday. And hey, you might call me crazy, but I'm not because when you look at it, if the Riders win this <laughs> I'm not. If the Riders win this game, they'll be seven and seven. A home playoff game is still very much in the making when you think about it, because the BC Lions they are nine and four. Now I know a lot would have to happen for the Riders to leapfrog the Lions to, you know, get a home playoff game. But uh, let's just put it this way: the Riders have to win this game in Ottawa if they want any chance at a home playoff game. Because uh, BC plays Edmonton this week. That's not a walk in the park. Edmonton's been playing great football, but I think the Lions. Uh, Well, I was going to say I think the Lions win that one, but now I actually don't think. Bottom line is if the Riders win this game, they'll have seven wins, be back to 500, and just uh, two wins behind the BC Lions, depending what they do in Edmonton, I mean, on Friday night as well. So, any way that you look at it, it's a a big game for the Rough Riders. They can basically solidify themselves as the third seed in the West Division with a win, and who knows what's going to happen in Calgary this weekend with Montreal there. So, a lot to be determined, and It's going to be an exciting edition of Friday Night Football, a double dip this week in the Canadian Football League. And we are going to take a break on the other side of the break. Well, first, we'll have our clutch performance coming up here in a few moments. Then we are going to chat with the University of Regina's Athlete of the Week linebacker for the Regina Rams Brain Wag. That's on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
2: Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM.
3: I'm going to have some fun with this one today. Today's Sports Cage Clutch Performer is going back to the Blue Jay game yesterday. You might know what track I'm on with this one. The uh, the Jays, they beat the Yankees 7-1. And, uh, well, the starting pitcher yesterday was Yusei Kikuchi. He got the start on the hill. And uh, he went five innings. But after the game... He said that he could have went longer, but he started cramping up and stuff. And the reason for that was because he only had 11 hours of sleep. And he was dead serious. He only had 11 hours. That was, that's what the culprit was for him getting yanked from the game. He said if he had about 13, 14 hours, he could have like went seven, eight innings. So, I mean, that is a clutch performance by Yusei Kikuchi on 11 hours sleep. He went five innings for the Toronto Blue Jays as the Jays took down the Yankees, 7-1, the final score. You say, Kikuchi, what a gem. Your sports cage Clutch Performer, brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Teeler. Give them a call at 781-1077. We're on a
2: rampage. From sideline to sideline, the Sports Cage has you of Rams football covered.
3: All right, back inside the sports cage, joined alongside Regina Rams linebacker and short yardage quarterback extraordinaire and the University of Regina's Athlete of the Week as well. Saw that news online. Brain Wag, how you doing today, my friend?
1: I'm doing great, man. How are you doing today?
3: Doing good. So just looking at your past history with the University of Regina Rams, you've been with the team since 2016. Basically, one-third of your life has been spent wearing the gold horns. Have you thought about that at all?
1: Uh, No, actually, I haven't (laughs) considered that. Uh, It's really good context, and it uh, represents that I've spent a lot of time on this team, and I'm proud to say I am an eight-year ram. I Hold close to my chest, and um, I am proud of it.
3: The COVID stuff that was happening, that's the reason why your uh, eligibility was extended. He went to Campbell Collegiate, and Ryan Hall, he is my partner in a booth for Rams games here on 620 CKRM, and I believe Ryan Hall was also your high school football coach as well. So what kind of coach was Ryan Hall?
1: Yeah, Coach Hall was my coach for uh, my entire high school career. And uh, he was a great coach. He had a great program with a great culture. He, uh, those four years that I spent with the team, uh, we saw dozens of kids go and play post-secondary with uh, junior programs and university programs across Western Canada. He did a great job instilling a work ethic in us, and he brought our team together very well. And I'm still extremely close to a lot of guys that I played football with uh, in those four years of high school. I'm very thankful for what he did for me.
3: Have you been lining up under center throughout your football career? I think I heard Ryan uh, say something about that during the broadcast.
1: Yeah, that's right. I was actually, I've been quarterback since I was eight years old. It's the first position I guess I was defense for my first year of Adam football. And then from the second year on, so about the time I was nine years old, I was quarterback all the way up until my grade 12 year, until uh, the Rams approached me about a position change. Uh, After my high school career, entering the post-secondary life and, it's kind of been it's been a journey from there switching positions multiple times but i finally found a position that i'm happy with and i've been able to see some success recently
3: so it's not very often you see a quarterback make a transition to being a linebacker man so what's that transition been like
1: uh it's been awesome it has opened up my perspective on football beyond words i'd the ability to understand what both sides of the football are trying to accomplish, understanding what quarterbacks are looking at, keying their, uh, understanding their reads and what they're trying to see out there. It made my transition to defense a lot easier. It still wasn't smooth by any means. It took years of trial and error, uh, learning techniques, uh, understanding coverages, understanding disguising, uh, when to use certain techniques, and just everything that goes into playing defense. Uh, Coach Gray, my defensive coordinator on the Regina Rams, uh, was extremely patient with me and he put a lot of time into coaching me and uh, coach Vincent Donaldson as well. Derek Lamer have all been fantastic at helping me progress my defensive knowledge and have helped, transforming to the player I am today.
3: Drain Wegg linebacker on the University of Virginia Rams here on the Western Pizza Hotline. And I was chatting with uh, my my good friend Jens Johnson uh, a few days ago, and Jens told me that back in your rookie season, you were his partner for the Rams caroling event. Do you do you remember that?
1: <laughs> uh, I do remember. Uh, I spent that night driving Cheser around town. Uh, we had a great time that night. He had a lot more fun than I did. And uh, what a great guy, man. Great teammate. I appreciate the shout-out. Shout-out, Cheser, man. Great guy.
3: That's awesome. Brayden Weg, so big game coming up here Saturday at Manitoba. And this one could have big playoff implications down the road when you look at it in the standings.
1: Uh, With us, it's always just one week at a time. So this is the next team that we have on our schedule. We are aware of the importance of it. We have uh, two games with them over the next month or so uh, after the bye week. I believe we see them again at home. But uh, it's important. We're one and two and zero oh and three, and uh, it's important in the standings, right? It's only the top four make the playoffs. We are aware of the implications of these games, and really every game the rest of the way is going to be important for us. We didn't start how we wanted this year, and so every game, it's just taking it one week at a time and making sure we handle our business that week. And hey, you've been
3: getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback this season. Is that something that you you know love to do and take pride in?
1: Absolutely, it's a uh, those kind, of, those kind of plays can really change the outcome of a game. Uh, I do take pride in it, as well as I just was able to really get a lot of experience last year, and going back and watching some of my film in the off season, there was a lot of stuff that I was doing that was kind of hindering my ability to get there quicker, and understanding some of our blitz concepts, I've been able to kind of improve my blitz game this year. And uh, honestly, it's just working in unison with everyone around me. I don't get there without the help of my Zach linebacker, my defensive end. It's, it's all working as a team and working in unison and understanding what we're trying to accomplish with our blitzes. And uh, it's, it's worked out so far, and hopefully we just keep it going.
3: You seem very comfortable out there on the field this year. Is that safe to say, is this the most comfortable that you felt in a Regina Rams uniform?
1: Uh, Yes, I'd say so. I feel like I've put a lot of the stuff that I've learned over my six, seven, eight years on the team together. uh, I feel comfortable. I feel uh, confident in my ability. And as the games go on, I'm beginning to stack more and more confidence and it feels like I'm just growing every week and uh, growing with my defense and we're all just trying to put out the best product and at, at the end of the day we're just trying to win games
3: Rams linebacker brain Wake here for a few more moments i'm going to throw some rapid fire questions at you here you mentioned your rmf teams earlier on here in the conversation give those teams a shout out which uh rmf teams did you play for growing up
1: so i'll give a shout out to the adam lions and the adam or the sorry the peewee patriots and uh, I didn't actually play Bantam. Coach Hall uh, convinced me to jump, make the jump to high school right out of grade nine. And uh, I'm honestly really glad I did. I got the next year high school football, the next year coaching under Coach Hall, and uh, there's no looking back, man. It was awesome.
3: Favorite National Football League team?
1: San Francisco 49ers, man. This cool. is our year.
3: Oh, You guys always beat my team in the playoffs almost every single year, so that that one hurts a bit. But I'll, I'll let it slide, Braden. You, they're a good team. <laughs> Favorite <laughs> uh, National Hockey League team, if you have one? Uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Uh, Major League Baseball?
1: Uh, not as big into baseball. but My family's a big Toronto Blue Jays fan, so I'll ride with the Jays. NBA team? Uh, probably biased, but i got to go with the Toronto Raptors. That special run. Mm. Uh Really uh, got me invested in them, and that's probably be my favorite team currently.
3: What's your favorite sport outside of football if you had to choose one sport?
1: That's a tough one. I actually, any kind of spike ball, pickleball, uh, yeah. like pickup basketball, I've literally, I'm just pro sport, man. I'll do whatever it is. I love competition. I love hanging out with the fellas, and whatever's going on, man, I'll usually commit to it and do my best at it. So if I had to choose, I'd say spike ball or pickleball right now.
3: Favorite food?
1: If I had to choose, I would just go a classic chicken alfredo, probably.
3: Okay. Hey, man, this has been fun. Braden Weg, linebacker on the Rams. Good luck on Saturday. We'll see you in uh, Winnipeg this weekend.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
2: The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game.
3: And the CFL report is for Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boater pontoon from Kevin's Marine and Fort dot Kevin'sMarine.com. And the Toronto Argonauts have signed General Manager Michael Pinball Clemens to a contract extension today. The 58-year-old has served as the team's GM. Since October eighth, twenty nineteen, and has since posted a thirty-five, or sorry, a thirty-three and fifteen record, and won the Grey Cup, of course, last season at Mosaic Stadium over those Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And the team has also finished atop the East Division standings for three straight years, for the first time since nineteen eighty-four. The length of the extension was not announced.
2: Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage. Right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM.
3: And there ain't no doubt about it. Saskatchewan, the heartland of football here in our great country. And we have a lot to look forward to this weekend. We got the Rider game on Friday. Of course, that game is out east in Ottawa in the nation's capital. And then we have the Rams on the road. In Winnipeg, a game that you can hear starting at 12.30 p.m. Saskatchewan time with myself and Ryan Hall on the call as the Regina Rams look for their second straight win of the year. And uh, the Manitoba Bisons, on the other hand, they are looking for their first taste of victory here in 2023. So there's that one. And as well, well, if you're in the Regina area, you can check out some Regina Thunder football live and in person on Sunday. Sunday, September 24th, 1 p.m. Libel Field is the location as the Calgary Colts take on the Regina Thunder. And we are joined now on the Western Pizza Hotline by the quarterback of the Regina Thunder, Carter Moberg. And, Carter, uh, the first time that uh, you played the Calgary Colts this season was back on Sunday, August 13th. And if I remember correctly, that was the game that you had no play clock to work with. Do you remember that?
12: (laughs) I'm sure you do. Uh, Yeah, that was one of our two games this year that we've had no play clock.
3: Oh, you've had two of them. What was the other game, if you don't mind me asking? Our last game in Winnipeg,
12: we also had no play clock.
3: Wow. Now, what's that like for a quarterback, man, when uh, you don't have a play clock? I think back in 2005, I think it was, I was the quarterback of the Pee Wee Rams here in RMF, and I don't think we had a play clock back then, but all we did really was either you know, get to the line right away and snap the ball and run the ball, or I would just naked bootleg it all game long. But it's a different story in the junior ranks. What's it like as a quarterback, you know, having the ref kind of counting behind you? I'm I'm guessing that's the way it operates.
12: Uh, yeah, uh, you just got to be ready to go. Um, get to the line quick, um, have everyone in the right spot, and
3: just be adaptable. So how has your first season been? as the starting quarterback for the Thunder. Uh, looking at your statistics, l- nice-looking statistics. You've thrown 11 touchdown passes. Uh, you have your team to a nice-looking record here going into this uh, game versus the Calgary Colts. How's it been for yourself? Has it uh, been everything that you expected? Ha- has there been any surprises? Uh, walk us through it.
12: Uh, yeah, it's it's gone well. Uh, it's been fun to uh, get out there and play. Uh it's been a while since I've had the opportunity to actually be out on the field, so it's been great. I, I love playing with our guys. We have a lot of good, good dudes, good coaches around, so it's a fun experience.
3: So, what uh, you you said? It's your first time in a while being on the field. Maybe just take our listeners through uh, the past history of Carter Moberg. As a football player, uh, where are you from? What teams have you played on? When was the last time that you've played football? Uh, just take us through uh, your football journey, if you will.
12: Yeah, I'm from Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Um, I haven't played football, like, started games since I was in grade 11 because of our COVID season. Um uh, played with the Swift Current Conference in high school for two years, my grade 10, 11 years. And that was really the last time I got to be out there
2: wow.
3: playing games. So the nerves must have been off the charts going into week one this year. Week one, your first game of the season, uh, I believe it was at the Calgary Colts, that was the week one regular season opener. What What was uh, the emotions like knowing that you had, finally getting back on the gridiron i mean that's a long time coming
12: yeah it was just a lot of excitement um worked hard for a long time just to get that opportunity again so it was uh it was a great feeling to be out there
3: and i've watched you play now all season long here and uh you have some sneaky good arm strength, you know, like, uh, you're able to sling the ball a long way, my friend. Uh, I'm just visualizing a, a couple long ones that you've thrown this year to, uh, Isaiah Woodley. Is that something that you've always had, sneaky good arm strength? Uh, what kind of quarterback has Carter Moberg been, you know, in the past? And what kind of quarterback has he eventually developed into here in his first year starting with the Regina Thunder?
6: Uh, yeah
12: I think I've always had a pretty good arm I uh, come from a baseball background, so 've been able to throw from a lot of arm slots get the ball out quick uh, i've never really been a great athlete running the ball, so i've had to sort of make my make my money in the pocket
3: yeah so you've played uh you grew up playing baseball you said uh, what's your favorite baseball team
12: uh, the Los Angeles
3: Angels. Ooh, the LA Angels. Now, do you like them? Do you think they should be called the LA Angels or do you think they should be called the Anaheim Angels? Or do you want to backtrack California even Angels, more and say the think, California yeah. Angels? Sorry, I, I was talking there. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, the
12: California Angels would be what I
3: would call them. Yeah, the California Angels. Angels in the outfield. Carter Moberg, the quarterback of the Regina Thunder here on the Western Pizza Hotline. So, uh, We have what? How many games left here? We got one, two, three, three games left in the regular season. Uh, I know this game's in the rearview mirror now, but uh, what kind of lessons? I mean, it must have been a little more difficult for yourself personally uh, suffering that defeat versus the Saskatoon Hilltops at Mosaic Stadium a couple weeks ago because that was your first taste of defeat as a starting quarterback in the CJFL. How do you think the yourself and the team responded to that uh, I mean on paper it looked like you guys did pretty good beating a a team on the road this past week
12: uh yeah we were just
3: that one left a real bad taste in our mouth I think um
12: we we really wanted to come out strong this last week and uh, our defense absolutely dominated so like we were ready to go physically just still some stuff we got to work on on offense.
3: So yeah, so for those people that never saw the Hilltop and Thunder game a couple weeks back, what do you think uh, if you could pinpoint one or two things? What what went wrong for you guys in that game? Thirty six to six was the final.
12: We made a lot of mistakes, uh, just mentally. Hmm. Uh, Turned the ball over. That's something I did a lot. So uh, gotta clean some stuff up there and just limit mistakes. I think we beat ourselves. So if we go give a good effort, I think we should be right, right in that game.
3: What's it like playing in front of a, a full uh, stadium at Liable Field? I mean, that place gets packed on game day on Sunday afternoons in, uh, in Regina here. What's that like?
12: It's exciting. Uh, it really means a lot. Seeing a lot of uh, fans in the stands come to watch us, uh, whether it's family, friends, or just people in the community. It's, it's really cool.
3: What's your favorite moment so far as a quarterback of the Thunder? If you think back to one play, is that one play that you, uh, you know, a pass that you completed and you thought to yourself, oh, I can play at this level, or is it something else? What comes to mind right away as a, a welcoming moment, if you will, to the CJFL?
12: I mean, my first touchdown of, the first, uh, of our first game was really nice because it took a few drives. Like, we moved the ball really well, um, but it took a few for us to finally punch it in. We got down in the red zone, and that one was it's running back rather than Likert. It just was nice to have the weight off the shoulders.
3: Yeah, what's it like having a, a good old savvy veteran like like Likert in the backfield? I mean, he's been running in the Rock now for the Thunder for a couple of years now. It must feel good as a as a first-year starter having a guy like that behind him.
12: Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's really good. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he's confident, so it's really helpful.
3: Regina Thunder quarterback, Carter Moberg here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Last one or last couple for you here, Carter. Who was uh, your favorite uh, uh, football team growing up? Did you have a favorite NFL team? Did you have a favorite quarterback that you uh, grew up watching, that you grew up loving?
12: Uh, Yeah, I grew up a Rams fan. Um, Jared Goff would have been my favorite quarterback in the last few years, I guess. Uh, I really enjoyed watching Matt Stafford win the Super Bowl, but, when I was younger, we didn't have a lot of real great quarterbacks.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, do you did you start watching them when they were in St. Louis, or, or are you more of a L.A. Rams supporter? Started when they were in St. Yeah. Louis. Do you do you still wish that they were in St. Louis, or you kind of are you kind of bitter about that, or do you, or do you uh, like them in L.A.? Uh,
12: I think they had a better fan base in St. Louis.
3: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's no watch. doubt. The greatest show on turf was in St. Louis, man. Kurt, Warnell, Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, all those dudes. So, uh, yeah, that's great, man. L.A. Rams fan. Blaine Wyland's a San Francisco 49ers fan. He's sitting across the board from me here, so he's, he's all disappointed. He's like, oh, he can't be a Ram fan. Of course, big rivals, right? So, hey, Carter, uh, this has been fun, my friend. Good luck on Sunday versus the Calgary Colts. We'll be watching, and we'll be cheering for you. Okay, thank you. That's Carter Moberg on the Western Pizza Hotline, the quarterback of your Regina Thunder, as the Thunder uh, are fresh off that nice win against Winnipeg this past weekend. We are going to hit the break. More Sports Cage on the other side. You are listening to The Sports Cage here on 620 CKRM.
2: The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM.
3: And we are also talking Regina Pats here on this Wednesday. Hump Day Wednesday. It's 4.51 inside the sports cage, plus 20 degrees in the Queen City of Regina, Saskatchewan. I'm Sean Kleisinger. And the Regina Pats, they are getting set to drop the puck here for the 2023 season. Season opener is on Friday night in Brandon, Manitoba versus the Wheaties. The Wheat Kings serve as the competition. So note the start time. Before Friday, it's a uh, 6 p.m. puck drop Regina time. The pregame show will be on the air at 5.35. And yes, it's a busy night on Friday because the Riders are playing. So the Riders and the Red Blacks, they will be, that game obviously will be on the main network here on 620 CKRM on the airwaves. But if you want to listen to the Pats broadcast... We still have it for you. You just have to go to six twenty c k r m dot com and uh you'll see the banner there right on the home page. You just gotta you know slide your mouse over it or slide your finger over it if you're on a smartphone. click it and you'll be listening to Dante DeCaria uh call the Regina Pat season opener in Brandon Manitoba. It's a long time coming the first uh First game for Brad Harroff as the quote-unquote official head coach of the Regina Pats. He was kind of the guy uh, in charge in an interim basis uh, a few seasons back when John Paddock was away from the squad. But this is uh, Brad Harroff's team. We are going to hear from Brad Harroff in hour three, just after 5.30. But uh, the Regina Pats, a couple days away until puck drop, but they are... Already making some news today, Blaine. Yeah, they just uh, made a claim off of waivers. They picked up
7: defenseman Keegan Slaney off of waivers from the Calgary Hitman. A 20-year-old defenseman entering his fifth and final season of the WHL. He spent parts of the last four seasons with the Hitmen and the Edmonton Oil Kings. The Airdrie Alberta product. He's tallied 13 points in 60 games last season with the Hitmen. He's a 5'9", 185-pound left-shot defenseman. He's played 175 career games in the Western Hockey League, uh, racking up 30. Four points in that span with a plus seven uh, rating and he was previously drafted by the old
3: kings he was their first round pick back in the 2018 prospects draft all right so there we go the pats making some moves before they start off the campaign and i was looking at the schedule last night for the pats kind of disappointed that no american franchises are making their way into regina this year because i know that's always a, a hot game to go to from a fan's perspective, I guess the American teams, I believe they came in here last season. So this is the Pats year to go on the West Coast and make the American tour. So uh, looking forward to seeing the Wenatchee Wild maybe next season. I know uh, I think Regina plays in Wenatchee later on. but uh, And I was also looking at the first, I wanted to know when the first uh, 4 p.m. start was and By my quick survey of the schedule, it looks like October 29th is the date. It's a 4 p.m. puck drop, and uh, the Prince George Cougars are in town. And I'm thinking that I might take my son Casper Lars Kleisinger to his first ever hockey game, Regina Pats game, on that afternoon. It works out perfectly because the Packers play at 11 a.m. noon. The Packer game will be done at 2 p.m. The Pats game's at 4 So I'm very nervous about it in a way because hockey games are very loud. So I might have to, you know, put on some earmuffs on the little man. I haven't told my wife about this yet. Maybe she's listening right now, but I am. I am planning on taking Casper Lars Kleisinger and my wife, Lydia placing her to the Regina Pats game. She's probably listening right now uh, on her way home to pick up Casper and she's like, what? What's going on here? Yes, the cat's out of the bag. We're going to a Pats game October 29th. Let's talk more Pats. Blaine, you were at the Brand Center today and uh, Tanner Howe caught up with the media.
8: Yeah, really excited. I mean, we've we went all off season for it. I mean, our our whole group's really pumped, and we've been working really hard in practice. I uh, kind of think to get ready for this opening night here Friday. So yeah, pumped. Really Does it feel any different with the fact it's your draft year, and still paying a little bit more attention to you? Uh, no, not not really at all. I mean, it's, it's in the back of my head a little bit, but yeah, not really. Just kind of focused on my on my game this year. Just our almost What do you
4: learn from guys who've been through the draft years previously about how to approach the season? Every
8: yeah, just, I mean, be yourself and you just kind of just play your game and, you know, worry about that sort of things. and yeah, just be yourself.
4: How exciting is it to play to start the season against Moose Jaw and then Saskatoon, two rivals right off the start here?
8: Yeah, it's awesome, honestly, to get back at Saskatoon and kind of get some revenge and, yeah, Moose Jaw obviously too. But, yeah, really looking forward to Saskatoon.
7: Do you guys feel as a team you made some strides during the preseason even though you, even though you didn't pick up a win?
8: Yeah, for sure. I mean, even camp, we got a hard camp and really conditioned ourselves to – Got a lot of working hard and all that sort of things. What's it like having Brad behind the bench now
1: as the head coach?
8: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, obviously we had him as an assistant coach, but yeah, he's been awesome. He's intense in practice, and he'll get after you if you're doing the wrong thing. And yeah, he's awesome in that sort of way. How much do you feel like you've grown as a leader now heading into the season? Yeah, a lot. I mean, I think I've always been a leader on the ice and try to lead by example on and off the ice. And- this year, even a little more, and obviously, a couple of guys gone from last year that led this team. But yeah, just try my best be to that What's it like for you
4: just a couple of years ago? You're in the WHL rookie, and now you have these rookies kind of looking up to you now to
8: figure out how to play the game and everything. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I just try to pass down what I kind of learned in those seasons, and yeah, it's pretty cool. So, who'd you maybe who'd you learn from a lot kind of during your first few years here? I mean, Logan Nyhoff was a big one. I mean, how he works in the gym. On the ice, and what he did to his body to prepare for the previous and practices. And the and out. Um, I guess a question for me Brad was just talking about this uh, before we let him go, and he, he was talking a little bit about the progression of your game. and He said that uh, you're somebody that takes a lot of pride in being that you know really good defensive player, and he even pointed out that sometimes a little bit too much defensively. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that you're putting pressure on yourself this year, but uh, do you want to you know, be a little bit more productive offensively this year given that this team is going to need to you know, pick up, um, I guess, not the slack, but you know, some of the things left behind from Svolzol and Bedard and Susan Leib that are now gone? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I take a lot of pride in my defense. I mean, my 200-foot game, I think that's what, what will get me to my, the next level. And I think that's, that's a huge part of the, the game. And I think, yeah, I'll see cheap for some offense the odd time. Yeah,
3: just produce sports-wise and kinda, yeah. That's Tanner Howe of the Regina Pats today, and we are going to break for news. In, in hour three coming up, we are going to hear from the head coach of the Regina Pats, Brad Heroff, as well as right at the top of the hour. The r- voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Jeff Rimmer. Ballsey caught up with Jeff after uh, Ballsy left to Ottawa with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And, of course, there's a lot going on in Columbus, Ohio, when it comes to the Blue Jackets. As of late, you are listening to the Sports Cage here on 620 CKRM.
2: Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier. cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger.
3: All right, 5.09 here in Regina, Saskatchewan. 20 degrees, sunny. The Riders believe they would be on the plane right now as we speak. On the way to the nation's capital, taking on the Red Blacks Friday night. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff, 2 p.m. pregame show here on 620 CKRM. And earlier on today, we were playing some Sastel Pick the Score. A lot of people texted in on the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line. And I have chosen a winner. The winner is... Now, uh Tim, you don't know that you're the winner yet, but I will send you a text right away here. Tim Rollins, you are the winner. And uh you are going to go home with two tickets to the next Riders home game, which is on... Saturday, October 7th versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And Tim is predicting a Rough Riders 24 to 7 victory over the Ottawa Red Blacks on Friday night. So, uh, I literally just did a close my eyes, you know, scroll up and down. We literally got like over a hundred text messages for Sastel pick to score today, maybe even more than that. So. Consider yourself very lucky, Tim. You are today's winner for Sastel Pick the Score. So you also have a chance now to be in on the weekly winner of uh, the Sastel gift card. You could win $200, $200 gift card to Sastel if your score matches up the closest to the actual score of the game here on Friday. And then after that, if you win the gift card... You are on the next round. You are then entered in to win a Rough Rider suite experience next year at Mosaic Stadium. A nice a luxury press box suite for a Rider home game. So, uh Tim, congratulations. You are the winner of two tickets uh, to the big game on October 7th. And uh, before we get to this conversation here, I also wanted to tell you that... Uh, here on the western pizza hotline today all of our guests and i'm just licking my chops here because i'm thinking of the pizza that i'm gonna be ordering after the show yeah the hotline is brought to you by western pizza you can take a slice out of your september schedule and let western pizza do the cooking tonight as i literally make my order for my pizza for after the show and hey so yeah Michael Ball is on his way to Ottawa right now but before he caught up uh, with the television voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets on Fox Sports Ohio uh, Jeff Rimmer he's been the television play-by-play announcer alongside uh, former Blue Jacket Jody Shelley uh, for quite some time I think Dating back to 2005. So it's been quite the duo. And it's been quite the couple weeks here for the Columbus Blue Jackets. As we all know, I think at this point, as sports fans know what happened there. Uh, Mike Babcock, no longer the head coach in Columbus for, I think it's still safe to say, allegedly, going through players' phones. I don't know if we can... safe or certain. At least I'm not going to. I'm just going to say allegedly because I don't want to be that guy. But, uh, Mike Babcock out the door, the Columbus blue jackets have moved on. And Michael ball chatted with the voice of the blue jackets, Jeff Rimmer.
11: All right. Well, my friend is Ron Rimmer. I, uh, I first got turned on to the broadcasting industry because of him. Here's his brother, Jeff Rimmer, the voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Welcome to the sports cage. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
10: It's, it's awesome glad to join you.
11: Yeah. So let's talk about Columbus. We know what happened there. I, I, I don't know if the best way to put it is all's well that ends well, but at least they address this thing and move on before the season gets started.
10: Well, I guess uh, the timing wasn't perfect, but when is the timing perfect? It's a situation, though, that, uh, quite frankly, uh Mike Babcock, and it was a bit of a gamble. The Blue Jackets were willing to take it. At uh, the end of the day, though, it just simply did not work out, and uh, they thanked Mike. And certainly uh it would have been nice to have him there, because, quite frankly, if you look back at last season, What the Blue Jackets really lacked was accountability. Over and above all the injuries, 500-plus man games lost, it was a situation where the players in particular, goaltender Elvis Merzlikens, Patrick Alainé, and we can just go down the list, they weren't always held accountable under Brad Larson. And there's no question what the Jackets wanted, Yarma Kekalainen, the general manager and President John Davidson was to have a, a so-called it guy, a guy that was going to hold the players accountable. And, uh, due to uh, perhaps a, a couple of issues why the Blue Jackets uh, decided to move on, uh, you had a situation where. Babcock was asked to resign. They work things out and the jackets get set for training camp, which will begin on Thursday.
11: Yeah. And, you know, it's, you'll never know the whole story. And, uh, I don't like to pile on. I, I you know, just from a, a Mike Babcock perspective, maybe just a little, little different approach probably would have been better just in the sense of, uh, you know, what he, what he was coming uh, to. And, you know, maybe some of the baggage that he brought to the situation.
10: Well, uh, I, for one, was looking forward to uh, having you know, the opportunity to spend some time with Mike Babcock. In fact, we had a few conversations uh, shortly after uh, he was hired, and uh, I actually met with him in the uh, coach's office here a couple of days ago and uh, uh, somewhat surprised when the thing kind of blew up and the team was in Traverse City for rookie camp. But as I say, the Jackets move on, and – they certainly have a capable replacement in Pascal Vincent.
11: So uh, let me ask you, though, you're a longtime uh, hockey announcer. You've seen everything. Um, is it is it harder these days, do you think, Jeff Rimmer, to make players accountable?
10: Michael, that's a great question. Um, I, I mean, obviously players are different today, in particular uh, the younger players. It's a situation where, and Mike Bob Mike Babcock was prepared to do it. I, I in fact, I had a conversation with him about it, and he said, "Hey, you've got twenty three personalities. You've got to treat twenty three players differently." Well, I, I, I think that uh, players today, I think there is more focus, and uh, the players today do not have the personalities that they had back. <laughs> in my early days in in washington and and even in florida the year we went to the stanley cup final in 1996 players are focused now Uh, players are interested in nutrition players are interested in getting their sleep players are interested in playing their video game video games when they're on the road yeah players are a lot different today and uh uh, to get to the bottom and and back your original question is it tougher to have the players more accountable? Well, you would think it wouldn't be because players are more focused than what they were on the job at hand. But uh, it, it's 23 personalities, as Doc says, and 23 different personalities you've got to deal with.
11: I just wonder sometimes if money kind of dilutes uh, dilutes things. And by that, I mean, like, do they, do this, this generation of hockey players, and it's not just even hockey players, it's any sport, do they, do they see it as an honor to be a professional athlete? I think guys thought it was more honorable back in the day. It was an honor to be a professional hockey player. I don't know if there's that anymore.
10: Well, uh, obviously with the money, things change. And the money's never been better for the players. I still don't think, and certainly there are agents out there that have a habit of pointing it out, that uh, hockey players in the National Hockey League still for what they do, aren't in the same class as what baseball players mm-hmm. and uh, basketball players are making, and, and quite frankly, even football players. If you look at some of the contracts that some of the star quarterbacks are getting right now. Yeah. So we've got
11: Cole Sillinger from Regina playing on that team, had a down year last year. Uh, what, are you, uh, what are you looking forward to seeing from him this year in training camp and this year?
10: Well, I was really impressed with his rookie year. Uh, He is mature beyond the years. And, of course, uh, his dad, Mike Sillinger, I had the fortune of uh, calling his games when he was with the Florida Panthers. Of course, uh, as I kid Mike from time to time, uh, you played for 12 teams. It was tough keeping up uh, (laughs) which jersey you were going to wear on a given night. But uh, seriously, Cole, uh, the apple didn't fall far from the tree certainly had a disappointing season a year ago and it actually started in training camp. He got a concussion and never really recovered that last time. The worst thing players can do is miss training camp. And, uh, Hey, uh, it's a bit of an excuse. Yeah. But, but a lot happens in training camp and, uh, certainly, uh, Cole who suffered, uh, the concussion and never really was right in the early going, kind of lost his confidence. And, Found himself on the third and fourth lines and it was really tough for him. The best thing that happened to him was the Jackets finally decided to send him down to uh, Cleveland, Monsters, the Jackets American Hockey League affiliate. But uh, he will bounce back and uh, he's going to have a competitive camp. He wants a spot on this team, either at center or left wing. And uh, I expect uh, him to be full board here when training camp opens on Thursday. This
11: is the outstanding voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, our friend Jeff Rimmer. Now, uh, what kind of season do you expect from this Blue Jackets uh, team? What's a realistic expectation for this club?
10: Well, everybody's got us in last place, Michael, in the, <laughs> uh, in the Metropolitan Division. And that's fine with me. Well, the Jackets have had success here. Uh, it usually is uh, catching teams by surprise. And uh, I think the Jackets, if they can remain healthy, uh, will have a much better season. They've uh, certainly upgraded the blue line with a couple of acquisitions. Uh, Severson, another Saskatchewan kid. Yep. Uh, I'm really excited, uh, really excited to see him in a Blue Jackets uniform. Broveraub was a real big pickup in Philadelphia. Actually drafted ahead of Worinski, just ahead of Warinsky in their draft year. And, of course, having Zach back and healthy. So that's going to certainly help the goaltending, Elvis Berzlikens or Terasab, who's going to try to push Berzlikens here in training camp. But to uh, answer your question, with a uh, Fantilli coming on, and and certainly the future of this team, the kid out of Toronto who played one year at Michigan and won the Hopi Baker Award, he very well could uh, claim the number one center spot, and, and quite frankly, that would be a a positive for the team because if you look down the middle, Boone Jenner, who is the epitome of a, of a real National Hockey League pro and a throwback. Ideally, he'd be playing the left wing, and that might happen this year with the kid by the name of Voronkov, another Russian, uh, who will be on the team here, drafted three years ago. He's finally come over from the KHL. He's big, he's strong, and, uh, he's a physical force. And then you look at, uh, uh Sean Corralley, who was a great free agent signing, a Columbus kid. So the guys will be slotted really where they should be down the middle. And, uh, that's going to help. And on the wings, the Jackets will have a little more scoring depth. So, uh, yeah, I think we can surprise some teams. It's going to be competitive. It is a very tough Eastern Conference. But I think the Jackets, uh, if they remain healthy and and get the kind of production that I expect to see, they'll be knocking on the door for a playoff spot.
11: Lastly, Jeff Rimmer, can you paint for my listeners what kind of hockey market Columbus is? We know it's a Buckeyes town, but uh, just talk about the, the hockey side of things there.
10: Well, I'll tell you, uh and having worked in uh, other NHL markets, as you know, Michael, uh this is a sleeper of the city. Mm-hmm. These fans are terrific. Bad as the Jackets uh, were last year, losing 48 games in regulation. They were able to sell out 10 of their final 11 games here at Nationwide. Crowd is great. They really know their hockey. Uh They've had minor league teams here previously. And they're, they adore the Blue Jackets. I just like to see some success for this market because they frankly deserve it. The Buckeyes will always be number one. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, the Blue Jackets are a close second right now. And if they can have the season, they can have the kind of season that uh, people would love to see. It's going to be tough, the toughest ticket in town. And that includes 105,000 seat, uh, stadium that the Buckeyes call home.
11: Mm -hmm. This is the great Jeff Rimmer, the outstanding play-by-play voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets. It was great talking to you. Can't wait to catch up with you down the road.
10: All right. Anytime. Thanks for having me.
3: Big thanks to Ballsy for catching up with Jeff Rimmer before he uh, hopped on the charter to head over to Ottawa, Ontario for the big game coming up Friday night. We are going to head a break. We are still going to hear from Regina Pat's head coach, Red hair off at the bottom of the clock, and as well as uh, a whole lot more writer's talk to wrap up the show. Charbel De Beer will be uh, joining us as Blaine Weiland caught up with him. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. <laughs> And I'm Blaine Womack with your sports ticker for Busy Bee
7: Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door, so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, at Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. And of course, the Blue Jays are in action in the Bronx against the New York Yankees. And after one and a half innings, the game is still scoreless. As the Blue Jays are in that wild card race, they didn't get much help today. Texas crushed Boston fifteen to five, and Seattle doubled up on Oakland. By a score of six to three. Other action today in the majors, uh, not in the American League National League. Corbin Carroll, he became the first player in Major League Baseball history today to record 25 home runs and 50 stolen bases in their rookie season. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are off to Ottawa. They're going to square off with the Red Blacks on Friday as part of Friday Night Football as they will have a couple of key players out of the lineup. Running back Jamal Morrow will not be in the lineup. The injury report was released earlier this afternoon and Morrow will be out with a knee injury. As well, Anthony Lanier II, he'll be out with a hip injury. Defensive end Pete Robertson, he's questionable this week. He's dealing with some rib injuries as well as the Green and White will square off with the Red Blacks Friday night, and you can catch the game here on 620 CKRM. Uh, countdown the kickoff kicks things off at 2 o'clock. Ryder Nation pregame show at 4 o'clock, and the opening kickoff with Michael Ball and Luke Mulder is set for 5 o'clock. And an NFL trade today. The LA Rams have dealt running back Cam Akers and a seventh round to the Minnesota Vikings. In return, the Rams will get a six-round pick. That's coming in the 2020 2020- 2026 season acres has quickly fallen out of favor as the lead back once again as kyron williams has taken the job for the rams as well now acres headed up to minnesota reuniting with his former offensive coordinator in la with kevin o'connell and that's your sports ticker
2: Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Here with Regina Pats
11: head coach Brad. Hair off has it sunk in that you're actually the head coach now?
13: Yeah, I think all the time spent at the rink, it's, uh, it's definitely stunking and uh, still really excited about getting ready to play for real this weekend.
11: Yeah, so how does it feel to be the man in charge and actually, I know you're a collaboration with assistant coaches and Al Miller, but to actually be the head coach and, you know, take direction of the team?
13: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's definitely different, um, uh, especially with us having new staff, so we're kind of just getting everybody onboarded. So uh, there's definitely a lot of questions to be answered outside of just hockey practice and what's going on and what the power play is going to look like. Um, but just trying to manage all those and manage the people the staff I have um, is definitely more responsibility than, you know, just before I'd be worried about the power play in five-on-five. Five.
11: Yeah, so, like, uh, no no Bedard, obviously, Suze Delev, those type of players, Fozil. What's this team going to look like under your direction? You know, Tanner Howe, there's Ty Spencer. There's still some good pieces here
13: yeah um you know I think it's uh, i think it's pretty obvious to everybody what spot we're in here, but you know we feel like we up front we've had a lot of returning guys who had some playoff experience last year up front especially um those guys are hungry to try to push for a playoff spot and play for you know play some meaningful games meaningful games in the spring um so you know the back end we're gonna be really young but uh and unfortunately our goalie our starting goalie from last year had hip surgery so We definitely got some uh, work to do on the back end so it's going to be a a defense by committee thing we got to be conscientious of that so um i think when we start from that we'll be a real competitive team you know good good things will happen what do you
11: what are you looking for from your net minders now that you talked about uh, your starter being out with the hip problem uh hugh A's come in here uh uh, what are some who are some of the other names we're going to be looking at net here
13: yeah, Kelton Pine, a local kid from White yeah. City. Uh, he's kind of been with the program, played at the Patsies for a couple of years. So he's coming into his 18-year-old year. He has experience in the league, hasn't really established himself yet. But, um, you know, he had a, he's had a good preseason here. So we're looking forward to him to, you know, the biggest thing for our goalie is just give you a chance to win every night. I think p- between the two 18-year-olds, you know, he weighs showed a lot of promise in, in training camp and through uh, through the preseason. Um, it's just about them sharing the committee and uh, and giving us a chance to win.
11: So what kind of team do you want to pl- have? You know, like what kind of style do you want under your direction?
13: Well, well, I think every coach wants to say that stuff, but a lot of times you got to play with what you have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the foundation of our team is going to be really, is be ultra competitive and we're going to be aggressive. Uh, um, if that's skating down... Um, playing hard on your forecheck you know back checking hard um, for us that's me like our base principles of our hockey team and uh, you know just sticking together we're gonna look like a hockey team we're gonna be organized and uh, you know we're gonna play you know as hard as we possibly can
11: so uh just talk about the uh, new relationship you and Al Miller are working in collaboration your new GM new head coach
13: yeah, I think it's going really well so far. Um, obviously, Al brings a wealth of knowledge um, and obviously the Hockey Canada um, background. Um, he's has tons of uh, experience in building teams and, you know, and the styles of teams, I think, is one thing, you know, that's big to him and kind of style, kind of hockey player. So I think the things we've talked about um, with me and him, we're really aligned and in the hockey side of it. Um, mm. So I, I feel real comfortable, you know, with the relationship. We kind of started to build to that. But in the end, it's going to take time. We're going to have to get on the road together, um, you know, start having some tough conversations when it, when things are going to be tough here, you know, like they are with any hockey team throughout the season. So mm. um, he's an experienced hockey guy um, and he's got great ideas and um, uh, he's been – you know, I've learned a lot since working with him in just a short period of time.
11: Lastly, is it tricky for you, Brad, as an assistant coach, you're kind of the good guy. You know what I mean? You're, you're kind of, you calm the waters as an assistant coach a lot of times when the head coach kind of, uh, you know, rocks the boat a bit. Is it different to kind of switch modes here? And I, I'm not going to say you're going to be a bad guy, but you're not maybe the same mentality as you were as an assistant coach. <sighs>
13: Yeah, you know, I've had that question a lot. Um, I think the biggest thing with me, because I'm always the same person, I don't think that I really, I think I was very direct, very honest. Um, You know, I've had that approach at all times, and for me, the way I teach has always been that way. Um, So I I don't think that I've ever been, you know, the good cop, bad cop, um, you know, in a traditional sense. I think I've always been, you know, handled myself in in such a teaching way you know if it's a head coach mentality already or not um in a traditional sense for me it's always just been you know give them your honest opinion give them be blunt with them and uh i don't really want to massage the truth
11: (laughs) (laughs) that's good good way to put it hey let's drop the puck for real this weekend good luck
13: thank you very
3: much that's Michael Ball with the head coach of the Regina Pats, Brad Heroff in a big game. Friday night in Brandon versus the Brandon Weekings. The Regina Pats dropping the puck finally for the 2023-24 season. Then on Saturday night, the Saskatoon Blades in town to take on the Pats at the Brandt Center. The home opener, 7 p.m., the brand center is going to be absolutely rocking. Pat Chat is for the Canadian Brew House and their summer feature menu, including jalapeno popper dip, hangover helper, new candlestick fries, and so many other features, flavors, cocktails, you name it. Canadian Brew House is the place to be. How do you think the Pats are going to do this year, Blaine? It'll
7: be interesting to see. I think it depends how much they are like a hard working team you know they're going to have to outwork teams this year you know after last year relying a lot on their skill it's going to be you know the old uh, grit you know mm-hmm. that's what's going to take this year i think for them it, it's going to be a younger team but sometimes that could be more exciting for fans to watch.
3: And a couple home games to look forward to. I already mentioned the one on Saturday night, but uh, next week as well. One week from tonight, the Moose Jaw Warriors are in town to take on the Pats. That's a seven o'clock puck drop from the Brandt Center. So, uh, And then fast forward to one week from Saturday, the, those same Moose Jaw Warriors, they are. A back in regina for another meeting so it doesn't get much better in regina than when it comes to hockey moose jaw warriors versus the regina pats on a saturday night i mean you can count me in so that's uh coming up once again one week from saturday but getting ahead of myself let's just get through this home opener or the season opener first off is friday in brandon and uh you can hear the game on RM2 because the Ryder broadcasts will be on uh, during that time. So you can tune in at 5.35 with Dante DeCaria. I know he's excited to call another season of Regina Pats hockey. I believe this will be his third season as the voice of the Regina Pats. And I know he's uh, uh, chomping at the bit to get this thing rolling once again. And uh, we heard from Tanner Howe earlier on. In the cage, if you missed that conversation and all the other conversations that we had on today's show, you can always find it on demand wherever you find your podcasts, as we will put that up shortly after the conclusion of today's show. We're going to hit the break on the other side one more time. Let's look at this big rider game coming up here on Friday. Go through the injury report. A running back will be down for the riders on Friday night. That much more. And also, we are going to hear a conversation that Blaine Wyland had with Charbel Beer. You are listening to the Sports Cage, Wednesday style on 620 CKRM.
2: Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. And
3: hey, I forgot to mention this. The Regina Pats, they're going to be rocking some brand new threads. The home opener here, Saturday night at the Brand Center. I just saw it on their Twitter. They're going to be revealing some brand new jerseys. So that's always exciting. That's always a hot commodity for fans. Jersey sales, I'm sure, goes into the decision on maybe revealing a brand new look. I like their uh, red ones that they wear as of late. The last couple of seasons, those have been good. Though, when you think of those jerseys, you just think of Connor Bedard. That's like the Connor Bedard era. Those uh, red ones. Uh, any guesses, Blaine, on what these new jerseys will look like? I'm trying to think here. We had a red alternate. I don't. I don't really know what to expect. To be honest with you, feels like if there's a
7: alternate, it's going to be red. But mm. I don't know. I really. I've always liked the
3: the Pats white jerseys. I've always, yeah. growing up. I've always been a fan of those. I like uh, my favorite Pats look is like the Barrett Jackman Matt Huber look. Like those uh, the simple uh, piping on the jersey. The little bit brighter blue. Uh, I would love to see like a a throwback like that. Now I know it's not like really a throwback, but it is. I mean, dating back to the late '90s, early 2000s. That's Josh a throwback. That's
7: a throwback. Now, man. Unfortunately,
3: yeah. it is. Yeah, oh. that, that is a throwback. But uh. those those unis, those were crisp. Those were very crisp unis. And thinking, did the Pats wear white helmets when they were on the road when they wore their blue jerseys. For some reason I have a visualization in my head of the Pats wearing their road blues for some reason wearing white helmets. Maybe it was just for one game they did that, but no, they had blue helmets because they wore blue No, what it was, the, the Pats wore blue helmets at home, I believe what it was back in the yeah. Barrett Barrack Jackman yeah. days. That's what it was. The Pats wore blue helmets at home with white jerseys. And then because usually, you know, hockey teams when they're you don't need me to tell you this, the listener, but, you know, when you're wearing white jerseys, you, you know, compliment it with the white helmet. But no, the Pats were blue helmets. That's right. Things are coming back to me here. But uh, the riders are going back to Ottawa for the first time in a long time. And the injury report came out earlier today. And I had uh, Ed on Facebook just uh, DM me a few minutes ago and he was wondering you know is Jamal Morrow out for this game well I can tell you Ed and I can tell you Rider Nation that uh, Jamal Morrow will be out versus the Ottawa Redblacks here on Friday night at TD Place Stadium as he has that knee injury he is nursing so he will not be out there so it's Frankie Hickson time, man. A lot of Ryder fans all season long have been wondering you know, where Frankie has been at. And he hasn't seen much playing time. Well, this is going to be Frankie's game for the taking here Friday night. Going through uh, the rest of the injury report here, uh, Justin Herdman-Reed, he's out with a quad. Miles Brown along the defensive line, he's going to be out with a groin. Deontay Williams, hamstring out. Uh, Nick Daly is out with a foot. Anthony Lanier II, he has that hit problem going on right now. He is also out. Nelson Lacombo out with a knee. And uh, TJ Brunson out with an ankle. And uh, Micah Tights, Bruno LaBelle, I want to say uh, Mason Fine, and Jake Winnikey also on the injury report. But all those guys should be a go outside of Jake Winnikey. It looks like he will be a healthy scratch once again for the game. Uh, on Friday night in Ottawa and before the the fellas and the ladies and the whole crew got on the charter to head out to the nation's capital you Blaine you caught up with defense alignment Charbel Beer. let's hear that combo. all
7: right I'm joining Charbel Beer and Charbel just talk about how tough that was in the second half of Friday's game with four defense three defensive linemen going down in the short amount of span of time
14: yeah, it was definitely a tough one, you know, uh, unexpected, uh, but it's football, you know, where we need to be ready for that. When somebody goes down, we got to just be ready to come back with the next guy up, ready to do his job. And, you know, it was nice that people were able to rally and finish the game, and, you know, just staying there, sticking it and no more injuries after that. But it's a tough one and never like when that happens, but just got to regroup, try to get back on track and then play the next game. you know.
7: Was it also a tough situation, too, with a running quarterback and a team that relies on the run as much as Edmonton does?
14: Yeah, definitely. I mean, but we're all, we're all uh, taught to play the run, so we all do the same thing. So no matter what, if one goes down, the next person go, coming in, is supposed to be on, on par, same level or better than the next person uh, that just dropped. So, you know, it was just on us, that one. We let too many yards go, and, yeah, we just got to do better.
7: What's it like at practice this week when you're missing a lot of, of the veteran presence? Anthony Lanier, Pete Robinson wasn't here today. What's it like in practice when you're missing those vet guys?
14: You know, it can be kind of slow, but uh, you know, it's a testament to our guys, you know, people are rallying up, uh, speaking up. The young people are talking up, you know, get, getting in positions of leadership, trying to step up, take on the job when the vets aren't here, trying to do as much as they can, take on that load you know and just keep things going naturally
7: you spend a lot more time maybe working with the younger players as well this week
14: <laughs> definitely cuz new people coming up we got to teach them the the scheme and everything trying to get them up to date as fast as possible and be able to get them in there without having them uh, being at risk of injuries or at risk of hurting us or them. You know, so it's definitely a tough one. But people, uh, the new guys are uh, great guys. You know, They're taking things in real quick. They came from football, so they understand the game. So now it's just teaching them our scheme and then putting them in, in there. You know.
7: In terms of a running quarterback, is Dustin Crum a little b- similar to Trey Four or is it kind of a different style?
14: Uh, he is a little similar. He's very elusive, uh, likes to run, and he'll find that gap uh, when he, it's there. But a uh, little different just because he doesn't use that whole field. So we just got to keep him contained, uh, keep them B-gaps closed, and make him have to play quarterback in the pocket.
7: A big of advantage for you guys to uh, head out to Ottawa on Wednesday, get an extra day's rest, and, as opposed to Montreal when you guys went out on the day before on Thursday.
14: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely a, a way better, you know, get, get us some time to acclimate to the weather, to the time, you know, get her bodies right get that extra sleep in in a nice bed you know in the hotel and then just get her minds right get walked through there be able to get with the weather no matter what it is and yeah, definitely, definitely get our mind right. Uh, helps us get into that game mode before game time.
7: And I know you wore numbers 57 at times to keep it handy for you. Uh, has it been a, kind of a couple nervous moments or anxious moments about you come going into O-line this year? You know, it definitely
14: has. Every time as an emergency O-lineman, you never think you're actually going to go in there. But first game, it almost happened. Then just recently, it almost happened. But I'm ready. You know, I played um, center in uh, high school, center in D-line some kicker, punter, you know, so I'm just here to answer the the call when it's when it's needed. I'm hoping nobody goes down, but I'm ready to pancake some boys if I do go up there.
4: Charbel, sure, you might have been answering this as I got here, but just how important is it for the new guys to get opportunities this week due to injuries to, to step
14: up and play well? You know, yeah, it just, it's very important because it just shows that we got that depth. We got to show that it's it's not about that, oh, starter, starter runs everything. We got to know we got depth on defense. We're a very physical team all the way around. So our people that are coming up just got to be ready for that. They train for this. They train to be in there, and now they're getting a shot. and They, I, they look ready. So. Thank you very much. Right.
4: Appreciate it. Thanks, Jarebel. Appreciate
5: it.